Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Eddie Sit in honor of the birth of his daughter Hannah. May she bring a lot of nachat to the family, and Bezat Hashem should be the mother of many children, health and happiness, Amen. We are beginning on, uh, today's daf is also being studied, Elu Nishmat, Hacham Baruch Rafael ben Miriam, and Avraham ben Esther, Ruach Hashem Tanechem Began Aydin, Amen. We begin on daf Tedvav, the first line, and the Gemara says, Itmar, we have an Amoraic statement, which means, let's say you have the lehi, the side post on the side of the mavui that was not placed there to adjust the mavui, meaning it was there by itself. For example, if you look in the picture, they give an example of a tree that actually grew on the side of the mavui. So obviously. That's just happened to be there now. So the question is, does a, mav, uh, does a lehi that wasn't intended to be used as an adjustment, and if it's there now, is it considered an adjustment for the mavui or not? So we start again. Itmar. Lehi ya'omed me'elav. You have the side post that stands on its own, that was not designated for a lehi. Abaye amar havi lehi. Abaye says it is considered a lehi. Rava amar. Lo habi lechin. Rava says it is not a lechin. The Gemara expounds. Where you were not relying on this lechin from before Shabbat. For example, as she says, let's say there was another lechin there before Shabbat. So therefore you were relying on the other lechin that was there going into Shabbat. And now on Shabbat, let's say the other lechin fell. Mm-hmm. And now on Shabbat, you're starting to use the automatic lehi that you have there. Everybody agrees in that case, since going into Shabbat, you were not planning on using that lehi, you were using another one, then this lehi is not a lehi. That is the uh, kulama. There is no argument on such a case. And the Gemara says, Ki pelige, where's the argument? Where you were relying on it already from yesterday. Meaning, Friday already, that was your primary lehi, and you knew it was there, and you were relying on it. So the Gemara says, Abaye Amar, Havi lehi. Abaye says, it's considered a lehi. Why? Already you were relying on it from the day before, which means it was there. And going into Shabbat, uh, you wanted it there, so therefore it's okay. Rava Amar lo avi lehi. Rava says no, it's still not a lehi. Kevan de meikara lav adarte. Since uh, originally when the lehi was placed there, it was not on his mind. avidi that he wanted it to, to serve at the lehi. Lo avi lehi. And therefore it's not a lehi. So Rava holds that the lehi has to be placed. Leshem lehi. Right. Even though you knew it was there going to mm-hmm. Shabbat, that was your primary lehi, but it was it was natural, meaning it was not placed there specifically, so therefore it's not a lehi. So the Gemara is now going to try to explain to us what the nature of this mahlukit is, what's the logic here. So the Gemara says, Kasal At this point, 
the thought is that just like they have the argument on a natural lechi that was there by itself, Abayya is saying it's good and Nava is saying it's not good. So they're also arguing similarly by walls. Meaning in cases where you need a wall, for example, to make a sukkah or to make a reshuta yachid. If the wall happened by itself and you didn't intend to put the wall there, we're going to have the same mahluk. And Abayya is going to say, it's still considered a wall. And Nava is going to say, no, if it wasn't put there specifically to serve as mechitzah, it's not going to be considered. So the Gemara is now going to bring a proof to one of the shitot. come and listen. Now, the person builds a sukkah in between the trees. Trees, there's trees there. Then he puts up some more walls. And he puts a schach now in between trees. And now those trees are serving as the wall to the sukkah. Which is constructed in such a way where the walls now can serve, the, 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 the trees serve as the walls. So the Gemara says, Keshera. It's a kosher sukkah. So what do we see from over here? That even though the trees were not placed there for walls of the sukkah, but now bottom line, if they're serving as walls of the sukkah, they're okay. There's a proof to Abaye against Rava. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Rava said they got to be placed there for the sake of, let's say, the Mavui, for the Lehi. So in this mm-hmm. case, got to be placed there for the walls. And it wasn't. And it's okay. So the Gebara said, no. You know what we're talking about over here? No, we're talking about a case where the guy actually planted those trees from the beginning specifically to be used as the walls of the sukkah. So it's no question on Lava. So the Gemara says, Yacheh, Pshita. Then it's Pashut. What do I need the Gemara to tell me? That if you planted trees for walls, that you could use them for the uh, sukkah. Of course, mm-hmm. what's the Hadush? So the Gemara says, Ma'ode temah ligzor be'ilan. You might think that you can't use trees for the walls of a sukkah, lest you might come to use the tree on Yom Tov. And we know Hakamim do not allow us to use the tree in any capacity on Yom Tov, lest you come and pull off fruit or pull off a branch. Mm-hmm. So you might think that you wouldn't be able to use it at all, I don't care even if you planted it for the sake of walls. Kamash Ma'lan, that the rabbis did not make a gezera, and it's permissible to use trees as the walls of a Sukkah. We learned early in this Masechet the case of Diyumadim, or the way we refer to it as Pasebidaot, where you had a well in the Nishutta Nabi, but you want to draw water out of the well. If you look at your picture books, it's number 111. Mm-hmm. You have the well in the Nishutta Nabi. So Achamim gave a leniency in order to make that area a Nishutta Yahid, so you can draw water. You put four uh, uh, brackets like uh, on the corners of the uh, uh, well, and therefore it turns that area into a Nishut Hayahid. Mm-hmm. Right, those little uh, L-shaped Brackets that you're putting are called the Yumadim. Now, the Hidush over here is that the Gemara says, let's say naturally you have a tree on one of the corners. As you see in one of the corners of the tree. Or you see a uh, reeds that are shaped also like a Diyumad, that are growing from the ground in that spot. So the Gemara says you can count them as a Diyumad. Now, even though 
seemingly they weren't uh, placed there for that reason. Right. So therefore, it's a proof Abaye, question on. Lava, Kemra answers, askinan. What are we talking over here again? Sha'asan mitchilata lekach. Again, no, we're talking about when you place them there specifically to serve as a diyumat. So the Gemara says, Yacheh, my kamash ma'alan. I said, what's the hadush? Why shouldn't I think I can use them as the adjustments for the diyumat? Gemara says, kamash ma'alan, it's coming to teach us, chisat kanim that when you're making that wall out of the reeds, like you see in the picture, right on the right uh, side of that picture over there, you see the reeds that are serving as the diyumat, that so long as the kanim are within three tefahim of each other, right. it is considered a lavud and therefore it's a legitimate wall. So later on, we're going to learn in the Gemara that there's actually be a whole question if these reeds are close to each other within three, do they serve as a wall or they have to be actually mamash touching each other? So the Gemara is going to come out that the according to one opinion that even if within three to five it's okay. So it's a hadush, because since the Gemara doesn't take that as a uh, for granted uh, automatic, so the hadush is that even though these kadim are within three to five of each other, it is considered a wall. Tashema, we go further. Ilan hamesich ala aris. Let's say you have a tree that its branches are draping down to the ground. It's a very, very branchy, leafy tree, and it causes a shade, right? So it bridges all the way down to the ground. If, let's say, it goes all the way down where the branches are within three tefahim of the ground, so we consider it as walls. And therefore, all that the trees, uh, uh, leaves and branches that are draping down become like walls, because within three of the ground, and therefore you're allowed to carry underneath the tree. Meaning, underneath the tree becomes a deshut hayahid. Now again, the Gemara's question is, obviously, we're talking where you didn't plant it, uh, the assumption right. is you didn't plant it for that sake, you didn't plant it for walls. It's natural. Mm-hmm. And still we're telling you what? It's okay. Parliament they serve as walls. Question on. Rabba. Kemara says, Again, we're talking about where you planted it originally for that purpose in order to have uh, walls. If that's the case, and it's a full-fledged shoot, you should be allowed to carry underneath the whole perimeter of the tree. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and we know you're not allowed. Why? Alama, but we learned and uh, why do we learn? Amar Avuna Bered Rav Yoshua En Metaltedim Bo Ela Bet Satayim. With the rule is you're only allowed to carry up to an area of five thousand square amot. That is the maximum amount that is under the tree that the rabbis allow you. Now, if it's a full fledged shuti yachid, seemingly they should allow you to carry, even if it's a tremendous, even if it's more than five thousand square amot. They should allow you. That's the shiur. I'm converting it for you. And this is bet satayim. Bet satayim is 5,000 square amot. Mm-hmm. So the Gebra says, you should be allowed to carry even more. So the Gebra says, Mishum Because that area under the tree, it's not walled for dwelling purposes. And we have a rule. Any area that's walled, but it's not walled for dwelling purposes, mm-hmm. it's, it's walled for other reasons, then you only have a maximum of 5,000 amot to carry. But more than 5,000 amot, walled, not for dwelling purposes, 
it has a deen of a karmelit, and therefore you're not going to be allowed to carry. So it's got nothing to do with the walls here. It's got to do with the purpose of this item. Is now what would what do, what do people do with it under this tree? And as she says the watchmen of the field used to hide out under that tree to get shade mm-hmm. when they're watching the field. But it's really not walled for dwelling purposes. Which is, then they rather not live under there. Right. They just got to go under there from time to time for shade. Really, they need that area of the tree with the shade for the other side in order to see the field. So therefore, it's not considered walled for uh, uh, dwelling. It's really considered uh, for avir, meaning the avir, the air that's outside of the tree, so you can see the field. So the Gemara says, "Vechol diraj tashmishal avir." And any any dira, um, any dwelling area that is main use is not for what's underneath it or around it, but for what's outside of it, like in this case, that's true, you can only carry up to Betzatayin. We're going to learn this rule as we go through the Gemara, why that should be right. so. But bottom line, the Gemara is saying, it's no question on Navar, because we're talking about you actually planted the tree for that purpose, for the Mechitzot. So they can serve as Mechitzot, but since it's not, since it's not walled for dwelling purposes, you have up to 5,000 square amot. Come and listen, we bring another proof. Shabbat betel shugavowa asara vehu me'arba amod ve'ad betzatayim. We're discussing now the law of Tum Shabbat. We know it is permissible on Shabbat to walk two thousand amot from where the person was from going into the Shabbat. Right, that's considered where his shibita was, where he rested and where he had his uh, residency before Shabbat. Now the Gemara tells us if let's say on Erev Shabbat, he rested at a tell. Tell is a mound. Mm-hmm. Okay? That is 10 high, meaning at least 10 tefahim high. And its width is from 4 amot to 5,000 square amot. Then you talk about a tremendously uh, large mound. But anywhere from 4 amot wide to 5,000 amot. Vechen beneka, or the opposite. He was in a valley. A valley is deep down, right? Shu amok asada, that's at least 10 deep, 10 to 5 deep in the ground. Vehu again, me'arba amot ba'ar betzatayim. Again, from 4 amot to betzatayim to 5,000 square amot. Ve'kama kitsuda, he's in a field, let's say. And they cut some of the uh, wheat. Okay, so he created an area of wheat mm-hmm. that is now cut, so it's an open area, and it's surrounded by sheaves of wheat mm-hmm. that are still in the field. So the common denominator in all these cases, these are the shuti yachids. Because again, when the tail is ten high, it's as if you have now a walled area, and you have the, the area on top, or you have a depressed area like in the valley, so they serve as the walls, or you have the area of the the field where the shibolim are considered the walled area so it says mehalech et kula first of all you're allowed to walk in that whole area that whole area becomes a reshut hayahid meaning you're allowed to carry on shabbat in that, in that whole enclosed area then it says vehut salah al ama and from the border of that area you can go an additional 2,000 amma, because that's considered where your Shemitah was. That's how the guy did this outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Right? So he wants to gain another 2,000 amma, right? So he can carry in the enclosed area. Now, these areas are natural uh, items. They weren't, you can't make a tail. No, you, 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 you could say by the case of the field, 
that all right, you cut it out, let's right. say, and with kavanah to make uh, walls, and you planted it for that. Mm-hmm. But what about the till or the valley? These are natural, uh, uh, you know, things. Uh, how can you say that you did it for that? So the Gemara says, If you're going to try to answer me for Rava, that's talking about where you made these items mm-hmm. from the beginning for that intention. I can understand by the kama, by the case of the wheat. You planted the wheat in order to create natural walls. All right, that we understand. However, but when it comes to the mound, when it comes to the, uh, the yes. neka, it comes to the valley, what are you going to say? You can't make a valley. These are natural items. So the Gevara says, we revamped the interpretation. When it comes to walls, there's no argument. By walls, even Rava agrees, natural walls, even though they weren't made for that, once they serve as a wall, it's a wall. I mean, don't extend the mahlokat by lehi to walls. Walls, there's no argument. But the argument is indeed by a lehi, if it was just naturally there, or do you have to actually put it there with kavana? And now the Gibran is going to explain. Abaye follows his reasoning. Well, he holds, how does a lehi function? What's the purpose of a lehi? Lehi serves as a wall. And therefore, we consider the lehi on the side as if it extends now and closes up the space. Now, once you tell me lehi is mishum mechitza, we just learned by mechitza, by walls, they can happen naturally. So, therefore, if lehi is a mechitza, so that's the same rules as a mechitza. U mechitza, ha'asuya me'eleavia mechitza, like we just learned. Mm-hmm. No, the purpose of the lehi is a reminder. So, if you actually put the lehi there, then it's considered a reminder. And you're cognizant of it, you put it there. However, mm-hmm. But if you don't put it there, it's there by itself, that's not sufficient a reminder. So that is the basis of the mahlukutin abayeh and lava. What is the function of a lehi? Comes again, Gemara and says, Tashema. Come and listen. Abne Gader. You have the walls or the stones of a fence. Hayyutsot mena Gader. That are jutting out of the Gader. That's actually picture number 112. Where so you see you have a Mavui. And you have the walls over here is not uh, straight. Mm-hmm. There's uh, bricks. One going in, one going out. Like it's jagged. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the Gebara says, Mugdalot zomizu pachot meshlosha. If the space between each brick is less than three tefachayim, so that we employ the law of lavud, and you don't need another lehi, which means we consider the wall straight because of lavud, and then well, that can be considered your uh, your uh, your adjustment, which right. is within the lavud over here. So imagine the jutting out as goes makes a straight line down, right? right? So that's considered your. Uh, your lehi. However, shiloshav is more than three. Sarich lehi acher. You need another lehi. Uh, so now this is a question on Rava, because it seems uh, this item over here uh, hap- uh, happens by itself, and still we're telling you that if it's within three tefachim each brick, mm-hmm. so then it's considered a lehi, and this has happened by itself. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, No, we're talking about when you built the wall. Specifically from the beginning, like that. Now, why would you build a wall like that? So the Gemara says, "Yaki pshita." The Gemara says, "What do you mean, pshut? If you built the wall like that, it's with the three tefachim, 
What is the Hadush? So the Gemara says, I would have thought, I would say, you know why a person builds a wall like this? In order to attach it to a connecting wall. Which means you, you leave these uh, jutted, or jagged I should say, in order to build another wall similarly so you can attach it. Now, if you built it with the intention to use it as a wall, to connect it, you might think that since you built it as a wall, it cannot be considered a lehi. She's maybe, you know, if your intent is for a wall, it's not a lehi. Kamash ma'lan, still okay. That what? That since the part that's uh, uh, protruding out, if it's with three tivahim of each other, mm-hmm. going up the wall, it is still considered a lehi. Comes again when it says, Tashema, detani taught. And this is a case that we learned earlier on daf, if you want to follow in your picture books when we say the case, you can go back to Daftit and it is picture number uh, 67 and 68. And I'll read it inside and we'll look at the pictures as well. The Tanif we learned by Kotel, you have a wall, Shitsido Ehad, that one side of the wall, Kanus Mehavero, is within its friend. Which means you have a double wall, for example, the picture number 77, you have the outer wall of the Mavui is doubled, right? It's indented. The second wall is a little recessed back. So the Gemara says, That's a case where you can only see the indentation from the outside, but you can't see it from the inside, right? Uh, or the opposite case, where it can only be seen from the inside and not the outside. That would be picture number 68, where it's the inner wall is recessed back a little. It's a doubled wall, right? So the inner part is recessed back. You can only see that from the inside, not the outside. So the Gemara says, So this opinion says, it is considered a lehi. Meaning he was the opinion that said, if you remember, that a lehi, even though it can only be seen, on one side, and it cannot be seen on the outside, still is considered a lehi. Now again, it seems that this happened naturally. Geez, naturally, that's the way the wall was. And still we're telling you what? That is considered a lehi. That's a question on Rava. So the Gibbons know, No, we're talking about when you actually fashioned the wall originally like that. Which means it wasn't naturally. You made your lehi like that. So the Gibbons know, So what's the hadush? It's a very big hadush. The hadush is that even though it can only be seen on one side, and let's say let's say on the inside of the mavui you can't see, it still is considered a lehi for the people inside. They can carry in the mavui. So that's a big hadush. Comes again when it says Tashema, come in here. Derav Rav was sitting in a certain Mavui. He was in a Mavui on Shabbat. Havayativ Ravuna Kameh. And Ravuna was sitting uh, in front of him. Amar Lelishamae. So Rav told his servant, Zil Aitili Kuza de Maya. Go bring me a jug of water. By the time he came back, Nafal Lehiya. The lehi of the mavui had fallen. So now, his servant can't continue carrying. Mm-hmm. So, So he signaled with his hand. Meaning, see, he pointed to the, to the lehi that it's down, telling the servant to stop. Mm-hmm. 
So he stopped. So Amar le Ravuna. So Ravuna told him, Lo savar l'amor l'smoch adikla. You don't hold that you can rely on the tree. It seems naturally there was a tree there by the Mavui, by the entrance. Mm-hmm. So he told, alright, so the regular Lehi fell. Right. So you know, why don't you rely on the uh, other Dekel that's there? So Amar, so when Rav heard that, he says, It seems to me that this Rabbi of Eravuna, It's like they didn't explain to him the halakha. What are you talking about? He told him, Was I relying on this tree from yesterday? Which means, obviously, he was coming along to hold like Rava. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, listen, <laughs> yesterday I had, a, I had another lehi there. So I didn't care about this tree over there. So what are you talking about? He told me I should use this uh, tree. I didn't have Kavanah to use it uh, yesterday. So comes again what says, Ta'ama de lo samkhina. Yeah, the whole reason why he didn't want to use it is because what? He didn't rely on it from the day before. Ha-samkhinan. However, if in his mind he was intending to use it from the day before, havi lehi, then already the Gemara is assuming that it would be considered a lehi, which means we see over here the Gemara wants to say hasamchinan uh, havi lehi, which means alma rashi says halacha kabaye. You see that halacha follows abaye. The only reason why. It wasn't good because lo samchina. And we, we learned earlier that everybody holds, if you weren't somech on it from before Shabbat, mm-hmm. everybody holds, it's not a lehi. Everybody holds. Right? Mm-hmm. When you weren't somech. But when you were somech, I mean, when you, in your mind, your intention was to use it before Shabbat. So we said, according to Abaye, it's good. So you see, from Rab's story over here, must be in this case we hold like Abaye. Because normally, when it's a mahluk at Abaye and Rava, we posek like Rava. But from here we see in this case, it seems that Allah is like Abaye. So the Gemara says, oh, Lema Abaye verava bidelos samchinan ale peligi. Now the Gemara wants to revamp the understanding of the Malokan. You know what he says? Maybe the argument is talking about Abaye verava bidelos samchinan. In a case where you weren't Sumech before Shabbat, you didn't rely before Shabbat, and still Abaye says, it's good, meaning Abayya says it's good in all cases. Right. Whether you weren't so much before Shabbat or right. certainly where you were. Mm-hmm. And Rava comes along with that. But the Lord Samkhinan for sure, it's no good. Has Samkhinan Aleh, but in the case where you were so much, Rava will tell you it's okay. So maybe Rav was posek like Rava. Who told you Rav was posek like Abayya? Maybe we can, we can readjust and learn about Lokal differently. And therefore Rav really is coming out like. Rava, meaning he said it's no good because why? We weren't Sumech. And, and Rava holds, if you weren't Sumech before Shabbat, it's no good. But if you were Sumech, Rava will say it is good. Don't explain the Mahloka like that. There was a certain Barka that she says, Yatsia, that's like a, a, a balcony, right, or porch, good, that has a beam underneath it. Right, to hold the uh, balcony or the porch from falling. Now, it happened to be that beam was also in front of a uh, mavui. Right? Yeah. Now, now serving as the lehi. So the Gemara says, Da'u barka da'va be barhabu. That was in the house of barhabu. Da'avu pligi ba abaye veraba kulishenayu. 
And all the years of Abayyad Rabah, they were arguing on this case. Mm-hmm. Now, this case over here, obviously, since they were arguing in all the years, already they must have been Somech already. Which means, obviously, it was there for many years, and every week they were arguing, right. is, it, uh, is it good or not? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Abayyad said you can use it for a Lehi. Asar. And Rabah said, it's a suit. Alma, bidisamchinan ale peligi. Must be, we're talking about where there was somech on this, obviously. And still what? They were still arguing. Meaning, when you're not somech, everybody says, no good. The Hindush is, even if you are somech on it, Abayyah says, good. Rabah says, no good. Avil cheta And obviously, if Rab, now we go back to the Mahlok, in the case of Rab. Rab was sitting in the Mahlok. It had a, a, a regular lehi, then had the tree there, right? So what happened? Uh, his servant came, the regular lehi came down, he told him, stop. So Rabbunah said, hey, what are you talking about? You got the tree. He said, what are you talking about? We're not somech. Mm-hmm. Implying what? That if he was somech, he would take the opinion of Abayyeh and say it's good. Right. So from here we see that halakha must follow Abayir, now Rashid tells us an exception. Because normally we follow Rabbah except for six cases. And the way we learn the six cases, Rashid, Ya'al Kegam, Yud, Ayin, Lamid, Kuf, Yimal, Mem. Each one of those letters stands for a different case where we forsake like Abayir. So Rashid tells us, two lines of the bottom, This is one of the Ya'al Kegam cases. Which one is it? Which letter is it? It's the letter Lamid. Ya'al, Lamid stands for Lehi. Lehi ha'omed me'ilav. A Lehi that's standing by itself. Shalakha ke'abayeh. Comes the Gemara and continues. We start the new Mishnah. Bakol osin lehayin afilu bedavar sh'yesh bo ruah hayim. Vedabi me'ir osir. We have a machlokin in the Mishnah. Can you make a lehi out of an animal? If you see in picture number 113, you see the mavui. And on the left side over here, instead of seeing a lehi, it looks like a, a donkey or a horse. So the Gemara is saying, the Tanakhama is saying, you can make a lehi out of anything. Even out of an animal. And uh, Rabbi Meir comes along and says, no, you can't make it out of uh, a, a living uh, creature. Now, second deed, golel. What is a golel? Golel is the covering of a coffin. Golel is like the, the covering of the of the tomb, right? They cover it. So the deen is that that covering is mekabel tumah. Right? That has a deen of tumah. So that she tells us, golel. Mm-hmm. You took an animal, let's say. And you put him on top of the coffin to use him as the cover. The kaber in order to the bury the kever. I'm sorry. The golel has the deen of a mit, meaning the mit is metameh beohel. The golel, the covering, also has the deen of a mit and metameh beohel. Even if you took it away from there, once you designated to put it over the mit, forever that has the deen now of a Met. So the Hattush is over here, even this animal that you use now as a golem is going to have a status of 
living creature cannot become Tameh as a Golel. Okay? Next point. Vechotvim alad giten nashim. This Tana holds, you can write a get. That person has to give a get to his wife. Mm-hmm. He can write the get on the side of the animal. On the hide of the animal and give the animal to the wife. And then she'll, she'll get her get from the you know, side of the animal. So the Gebara says, The Rebi Yosegi says, no, 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 that, that is Pasu. The Gebara is going to explain the nature of the Mahloket. Again, Rabbi Meir, as she tells us on the top, as she in the Mishnah, the reason why he says that it's the living uh, animal mm-hmm. cannot be a lehu or cannot be a uh, golel. It's not mitamim shum golel because anything that's living cannot serve as a mechitza. because the living, it's the living part of it that's keeping it, uh, you know, let's say erect. Something li- the living part of it is not tangible, right. so therefore it's not a wall, and therefore it cannot serve as a lehin or as a golir. Comes again when says, "Tanya, we have a brayta." Anything that's living is living. You cannot use it. Lord dolphin, the sukkah. You cannot use it as a wall for your sukkah. Velo No can use it as a lehin for your mavui. Velo pasin the bidaot. No can use it as the adjustment for the ball. Right, like we learned before, the diumadin, you cannot use it as one of the corners. Velo golel lekever. No could use it as the covering of the kevin. If you do, it's not considered mekabel tumah. Mishum rebi yosegel li amru, rebi yosegel li edz, af en kotvin alav gitenashim. You can't write on it also a um, get, a divorce for a person's why? So goes, my time under What's the logic? Why? Why can't you write a get on it? Would you write it on the hide of the animal, on the side of it, and give the animal to the, to the lady? Why not? The Tanya sefer, because it says in the Perashat get the tavla sefer kiritut. So the Gemara wants to make a Perashat on the word sefer. Sefer is mashma klaf. You have to write it on parchment. Okay, and then she brings a proof from Yirmiyah that the word sefer refers to specifically. Parchment. So the Gemara says, "Any ela sefer." From there, I only know parchment. Minayin the rabot called davar, which means, how do you know I can write again? Maybe on other things besides parchment. Tamud omar vechatav la mikol makom. And this is vechatav la. It teaches me not only on parchment but on any item. Vechatav la comes to include anything. So the Gemara says, "Imken matamud omar sefer." So if you tell me you can write on anything, so what do I need to the word sefer to tell me I can only write on cloth? You just tell me right. the that teaches me I can write on anything. So the Gemara says, It's teaching you that whatever you're going to write on has to have the properties of cloth. Mm-hmm. Number one, parchment is not alive. Parchment is, the animal is dead already, right? right. The, the, the parchment is not, doesn't have living, is not living. No. And number two, it's not considered a food. So the only things you can write on, the properties have to be like a sefer. Not living and not considered a food. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. What about the rabbis that are arguing to be Yosef and say you can write it even on a living animal? So Gabriel says, Miketiv basefer. Does it say that you're going to write it in the sefer, implying that it's talking about what you're writing it on? doesn't say the word basif, and if it said basif, you're right, then it's teaching me in parchment. 
It says, Sefer Ketiv. It says, Vekatav Sefer. It's telling you not what to write it on, but how to write the get. Meaning, Lisfirut Devarim Be'alma Hudata. It's coming to tell you that how you have to write the get, meaning you have to write a sipuri, you have to write a story, meaning mm-hmm. I am divorcing you, and you have to, to write in the uh, document what you're doing. It's just coming to tell you what you write. Sipur de bari, meaning the story of the things, not what you write on. So the Gemara says, The rabbis, what do they do with the pasuk? la, Which means, if they're not giving me any restrictions what I can write on, they tell I can write on anything. Uh-huh. So what is the pasuk vechatavla coming to tell me? Which means, the other rabbi, the Biyoseh, he needed vechatavla. Because the sefer taught me klaf. So I needed another word to tell me, how do you know everything else? Mm-hmm. So it says vechatavla. But according to the rabbis that are telling you off the bat, there's never a restriction. You can write on anything. So what is vechatavla coming to tell me? So the Gemara says, It's coming to tell me that she can only get divorced in writing, but she cannot get divorced with a coin. Because you might have thought, just like she can get married with a coin, right. she can get divorced with a coin. So it's, it's got to be in writing. We have a, uh, a connection in the Pesukim between the way she goes out Mm-hmm. And the way she comes in, because the pasuk says, mm-hmm. She'll get divorced and she'll marry another person. So we see there's a connection between divorce and getting married. So I might have thought like this, just like going in, mm-hmm. she gets married with a coin, so she can, she can get divorced also with a coin. teaches me why you can only get divorced in writing. So the Gemara says, which is Rabbi Yosea Gilili that learns from Vechatavla that you could write on anything. Mm-hmm. So, how does he know that you can't get divorced with Kesef? He used that Pasuk Vechatavla already. Does Rabbi Yosea know that? So the Gemara says, He learns it from the words in the Pasuk. It says, Sefer Kiritut. You will write for her a Sefer Kiritut, uh, a book that. That breaks the bond. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, Sefer Korta, right? Sefer. The book breaks the bond, meaning the writing, the Sefer, the end of Araher Korta, and nothing else. Venabanan, hai Sefer Kiritut Mivayele. He needs a different thing. The rabbis use Sefer Kiritut, teaches a different Hidush. That what? The Davara Koret Beno Lebena. That the get must be something that is, act, is an actual cut. Which is you cannot give a conditional get. It has to be sefer kiritut. It has to be a paper that's actually going to sever, separate. How? Lechnetanya. For example, the Gemara gives a case. Hare zegitech al yayin. Let's say a guy gives his wife a get, and in the get it says, "I'm giving you this get on condition that you don't drink wine forever, or al menat shelot lebet abich." Or, you never go back to your father's house, le'olam, forever. So this get now is always pending. Which means it's never a sever. Right. Because he left it open-ended. Which means, for the next hundred years, if she drinks wine, mm-hmm. it's not a get. If she goes to her father's house, it's not a get. So it was an It's not kiritut, because there's never an ending to it. 
However, However, he says, I'm giving you this get, on condition you don't go to your father's house or drink one for 30 days, mm-hmm. right, it's, there's an end. Right. And if that's considered a... Kiritut. So that Yosei learns from Sefer Kiritut. I'm sorry, Hachamim learned from Sefer Kiritut that what? That it has to be Davar Hakoret. It has to be something that is severs. But the Yosei Agilili, so what does the Yosei Agilili know this concept of uh, that it has to be a get without a condition, which means that it has to sever. Navkale Mekaret Kiritut. He learns in the Pasuk that he just said, Sefer Kirut. From the fact that it wrote Kiritut from the extra couple of letters, couple of letters over mm-hmm. there, instead of Sefer Karet, it said Kiritut, he learns over there that principle as well. The rabbis don't make a, uh, a Hidush from the extra letters. They say the Torah could have wrote it both, written it both ways. Karet Kiritut really just the, the way of saying it, therefore they don't have that Dirasha. But basically each uh, Dirasha is accounted for mm-hmm. by each rabbi. Basically for our purpose we have to know have a Mahlokit, can you write a get on a animal or not. And we start the new Mishnah. And the Mishnah says, Shayara Shehanta Bibika'ah. Let's say you have a Shayara. Shayara would be like a, um, a, a group of people, let's say in a caravan in a group. So they rested, let's say in of Shabbat, Bibika'ah. Okay, they got to a valley. Okay, so now they're in the valley. The valley's open. Can't carry in the valley. The valley we said is a din of a kind of elite. <coughs> so what did they do? They took all their utensils from their animals, and the saddles and all the likings, and they made a wall around themselves out of the kli behema. So the Mishnah says they indeed are allowed to carry now in that valley because that's considered a shoot. So long as the walls are at least ten and it has to be more wall than holes, which means rough walls. Even though there might be some airspace in between, it's okay so long as you have the majority walls. Right now, and even the holes, let's say, in the walls, so long as they're less than 10 amot, it's okay. Because we know that a, a breach less than 10 amot is considered a entrance. And therefore, it's normal to have an entrance in a bikah. So therefore, as long as it's less than 10 amot, again, so long as you have more uh, closed wall than not, then it's considered a legitimate wall in order to carry in the bikah. However, yater mikan asur. If let's say you have a breach, which the entrance is not ten, it's more than ten amot. So that already breaks it for you. Now already you cannot carry in that area because it's considered breached. That is the uh, Mishnah. Meaning, even let's say the rest of the area is all walled, but you have one breach more than ten amot, you cannot carry in that area. The Gemara is going to analyze. Gemara says itmar. Parutz Let's say it's 50-50. You have the same amount of uh, parutz, meaning open uh, space, non-walled, and omed. It's equal. So the Abishta is telling you it sounds like you need majority. But we want to know what about 50-50. Parutz ke'omed. Rabbapa Amar Mutar. Rabbapa says it's okay. Rabbapa Amar Asur. Rabbapa Amar Asur. 
קבלה שזה לפפה, אבל מותר. לפפסוס מותר אחי אגמרי רחמנא למשה. He says, I have a tradition, this is what God, רחמנא is God, the merciful one, taught משה. לא תפרוץ רובה. He told them, do not have most of it uh, breached when it comes to walls. Imply what? Most of it. But if it's equal, it's okay when it comes to a wall. Ravuna bered Rav Yeshua Amar Asur. Because his tradition was a little different. He says, Asur, why? This is what the Rahmana, the Lord, the God, the merciful one, told Moshe. Gedor Ruba. He told them, no, you have to actually fence or wall the majority. And until you wall the majority, as long as it's 50-50, it is Asur. So now the Gemara is going to bring a proof. Tanah, we learned in our Mishnah. Right, we said in order for the Bik'ah, you cannot have more uh, non-walled areas than walled areas. Now what does that mean? That only if the Pritzot are more. Right? Jeez, what was the language of the Mishnah? The breaches should not be more than the wall. Implying what? Ha'kibinyan mutar. Employment if it was equal, it's okay. So if you make a proper implication, Mishnah 50-50 is fine. So Gemara says, no, lo tema ha'kebinyan mutan. No, don't make that implication. Don't make the implication and say that if it's equal, it's okay. Ela ema im binyan yoter ala mutar. Make the implication like this. If the pirza is more than the binyan asur. Why? Because you need the binyan to be more than the pirza. Aval, ke binyan mai asur? But what do you want to tell me? Equal if it's like the binyan, if it's 50-50 asur? Kabbalah says, Iyache, litni, let the Mishnah say, lo yehu pirzot ke binyan. If that was what the Mishnah was trying to teach us, it should say, lo yehu pirzot ke binyan. Why did it say the pirzot cannot be more than the binyan? It should have said the Pritzot should not be even equal. From the fact that it didn't say that it's mashma that 50 is okay. Because like all the Mishnah said is the Pritzot cannot be more than the Minyan. Implying what? That if it's equal, it's fine. At that point the Gemara says, Kasha. You're right. You have a Kasha. She's from the Mishnah. The way it's written, it's mashma that 50-50 should be okay. Good? Kasha Gemara says, Tashema. We're talking about a person now is roofing his sukkah with shipudim. Shipudim are spits, let's say metal spits, or baruchot amita, those are boards that are used for the bed. Now this common denominator between these two cases, it's pasul schach. Why? Because it's mekabel tum'ah. These items over here are vessels. And the law is that you're not allowed to make schach with something that is mekabel tum'ah. So now the Gemara says, you have over here a roof for your schach, and it's made up of this stuff, either the shipudim or the aruchot amita, that is mekabel tumah. So the Gemara says, im yesh revach b'neim kemotam keshera. Let's say you have, in between these pesul schach, you have kashet schach. And you have equal, meaning, let's say you have, uh, actually we have a picture of this over here. If you look in your uh, picture books, Look at number 114. Right? You have Amita, that's Psul. And you have equal Schach, Kashet, the green. Then you have Amita, Then you have 
equals schach. So long as you have 50% kashir schach, it's okay. So what are you learning from over here? Smash for that what? That's long, you don't need majority. So long as you have 50, you know, 50 good and 50 no good. So it's okay. So the Gemara says, I read again. Tashwam kares, katom shiputim amita. In yesh, rebachben, if you have space. In between them, kemotan equal to them, keshira. So that's a proof that what? 50-50 is good. Kamala says, Haka be mayaski. Now, now we're looking at over here, keshinichnaz viyotze. Where you're able to take out the aruchot tabita. The boards are removable. What do you mean, nichnaz viyotze? Meaning, they're actually space, air space, to make it easier to remove them. Implying that what? It's not filled totally with boards. And therefore, there's more schach than there is board. Because since it's nechnaz v'yoseh, how is it nechnaz v'yoseh? Obviously, you must have air space in between. It's easy to pull it out and put it in. So therefore, the Gemara says, we're talking about a case where there's more schach than boards. You have no proof. So the Gemara says, Veha efshar litzamsem. So we have a rule over here, which is the Mishnah said, and we have to be medayek. The language of the of the Mishnah or the statement was, "Im kemotan." Now the word kemotan sounds like what? It's equal. If there's space after the board, equal kemotan, like it. So therefore, the Gemara says, "How could you come along and tell me that we're talking about?" No, we're. The, there's more schach than there is board, it says kemotam, which sounds like it's equal. And it's possible to be mitzamsim, meaning mitzamsim means you can be precise. The Gemara it's possible to have a case of 50-50. So why would you change the simple understanding of this statement that says kemotam, and start learning it where it's talking about where no, you have more schach than not. It's possible to be precise. Learn it literally. 50-50. So the Gemara says, Amar comes along and says, Now, our Mishnah is talking about, even though it's possible to be precise, our Mishnah is talking about where you weren't precise. Ela, you were ma'adif. You added meaning more space between the Shippudim, uh, and therefore what? The point is you have more schach than you have uh, schach pasul. And therefore again the Gemara is saying you need majority. 50-50 is not good. The ma'adif meaning, still, you're right, you could be mitzamsim. But in this case, it says, uh, 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 even though it says kimotan, even though it says that it's 50-50, we're talking about ma'adif. Look at that sheet. Uh, Amar of Ami, it's uh, one, two, three, four, five months on the bottom. Amar of Ami, Matnitin, Belotsum said. The Mishnah is about where you aren't precise. It's not exactly 50 50. You have a little more schach than you have Shippudim. And really, we're talking about where it's not precise, and therefore you do have more airspace in order to take the schach pasul in and out, and therefore, since you have airspace over there, it's filled up by schach kashir, and therefore you have majority, you have no proof. So Kazakh Yabaran says and concludes, Sheti, Sheti, Notno, 
the opinion of Rava is, if let's say, and we'll look at picture number 115 when we say this, let's say the Shepudim were placed Sheti, right? There's Sheti and Erev, that's the, the crosswise, right? So now let's say you put your uh, board of Skak Pasul uh, lying down Sheti, which means the narrow, right? It's, it's the narrow part. And you're placing your skach going the other way, the long way, right? Lengthwise. So by placing it that way, uh, that she teaches us, you're going to have to put your skach on top of the boards. Because the, the skach has to rest somewhere, right? So since this is going widthwise, the skach pasul, and you're putting your skach meaning lengthwise, so it's going to rest on top of the boards. If you look close at the picture, you see it's actually resting a little on top of the board. And if you're going to place it like this, you're going to have more skach than you're going to have pasul. Because obviously, this is longer than the uh, the width, which is the other way. It was it was equal. However, this way over here, you have it uh, the, the 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 board is put in the shanty position, right? So it's the width, and you have the skach kasher. It's put ayin, and it's resting on top, as she says. And therefore, you have more skach kasher than you have skach. Pasu point being again, you don't have a proof to 50-50. Because in this case, even if the skach kasher and the, the skach pasu, we have more skach kasher than you do have skach pasu. So you cannot bring a proof. Once again, the sheti is lengthwise, as you see in the picture. So this is lengthwise sheti, and it is the cross, going across. And therefore, you have more skach kasher than pasu. To all our listeners of the Daf Hayomi, to make Masechet Erubin a little easier, uh, we are using a sefer called Hamaor Hamivuar. It is put out by Meorot Daf Hayomi. It is available in bookstores. It has a lot of different pictures of the different cases throughout the Masechet, and it goes according to the Dapim. So whenever we mention, and there's also a number next to each picture that goes out, goes throughout the Masechet. So whenever we mention a number of a picture, for example, see picture number 52, we're referring to uh, picture number 52 in that book. So I would advise our listeners to get the sif and follow along, uh, just so you can know exactly the configuration of the situation that we are talking about. The School of Mitzvot.